Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Maybe you thought I was going to do my Lin-Manuel Miranda bit here, but I did not. I'm, I'm really glad for that. <sighs> I used some discretion for Thank once. Thank you. Yep, We've welcome. got a great episode for you this week, uh, featuring a few things. We're going to talk about Encanto, the new Disney animated film, as well as the first two episodes of Hawkeye and the uh, new South Park post-COVID special that's on Paramount+. Plus. righty, Holden, let's do it. That one movie podcast. Stomp. <laughs> First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Wow. Exciting stuff. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Tom's is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week and the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All righty, Holden. What do we got first? Okay, so uh, not not a strong week in regards to trailers, so really the only thing that dropped that I could uh, remember was the uh, weird little Jurassic World Dominion prologue thing that just kind of dropped. And I, like, I saw it dropped one day and then immediately forgot about it, and I honestly, I didn't watch it until right before we <laughs> recorded. I just saw it was a thing. I was like, oh, okay. I watched it right when it came out, so if I remember correctly, right, I guess spoilers for this five minute thing which is the first five minutes of the movie is that what it is? i'm confused i well i don't know it might not be it it might just be a, a little prologue well okay i'm guessing the end bit is probably in the movie i don't i don't know if that first half is going to be um but i guess if you don't want to hear anything spoiled for that thing that came out you can go watch it real quick <laughs> uh Right, it's just the, here's the dinosaurs. Here's all the dinosaurs for a couple of minutes, and then, yeah, it's just just a lot of dinosaurs wandering around. Then it's the big CG, the biggest dinosaur beats the T Rex, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know which one was bigger. They were, they just both kind of fought, and and then it's then you got the mosquito pulling out the blood, and it's gonna get stuck mm-hmm. in the amber one day because that's how Jurassic Park happens. Then yeah. it cuts to. <laughs> today where dinosaurs are on the loose because that stupid clone girl set them all free <laughs> that movie is awful i it really stand is by that i will never if, watch it again what i found weird about that first part is like okay so obviously in the jurassic like park movies the dinosaurs are all reptilian because that's what initially we thought they looked like but then in, i think it's in the jurassic world they acknowledge that that's not actually what they looked like but they're just creating them to look like that because that's what people want so then why in this flashback to 65 million years ago did they just look reptilian again well i saw that they like kind of did a hybrid where they're slightly okay. more bird like which again fe- feathers on a dinosaur that's just dumb it is dumb, but that's what's real. Stupid scientists. Why are you always making <laughs> discoveries to make things worse? Um, less exciting and cool. 
Um, yeah, I the I thought the first you know the, the first two minutes or whatever the effects look nice, but I was like, n- nothing is happening. Yeah, you're establishing was... the world. I get it, but I'm like, is there? I was like, is anything gonna happen <laughs> of importance? <laughs> and not really. Um, but I mean, if you look at the comments, the people like loved it. They're like, oh, the whole series that was just like that first part. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that okay, I guess. Um, yeah, I saw a comment that was like, what if David Attenborough did a dinosaur series? <laughs> Which I mean, I I just am not as interested, I guess, in that. Yeah. I or uh, or maybe I was just going in with the expectation that there was going to be some sort of like story. I think I don't really remember, but I liked that other like RV park thing that they or a uh, campsite thing that they did more. I want to say than this. The uh, the drive-in movie, you mean? No, I'm talking about they made another one of these things oh, they a did? long time ago. I think after Fallen Kingdom or right before Fallen Kingdom, where it takes place oh, in like a campsite. Pretty I'm not sure, sure I we saw that. Even talked about it. <laughs> Oh, maybe. but yeah. Then it goes to the drive-in here, and I thought that was really dumb. <laughs> it was real. Well, I'm like, what? When is this taking place? Because <laughs> I mean, drive-in movies are a thing still. I mean, I've been to one, but this is like it looks like the most popular place in town, and like all these kids look like they are dressed up in a. I mean, you even see a billboard for American Graffiti, but it looks like they're dressed up like from that movie. It takes place today, I think. Well, that's what I thought too, but it's it's just I like, think well, it's, it's just weird. like the drive-in showing an old movie, I think, sort of deal. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. I I thought mm-hmm. this whole thing was pretty dumb. That's I was like, boy, now I'm less excited for that movie. So yeah, uh, but people really liked it. So I mean, if you liked it, good for you. I I just did not share the same enthusiasm. So for me, it's people it's also a, liked Free Guy though. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, I'm gonna give it a Bergeron because it it I wasn't that excited for Jurassic World Dominion to begin with, and I am not any more excited after watching this. Yeah, I think I'll give it a Bergeron as well. So yeah, there we go, Holden. Jurassic World, exciting Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, can't wait. Um. Anyway, this uh, we got a little old man moment from Ridley Scott this week. I don't know. Did he, did you see what he said? I heard, but I forgot off the top of my head. Something about okay. how millenni- Something about millennials, right? Yeah, yeah. So he basically the last duel didn't do very well in the box office, and he's blaming it on millennials. And I have I have the quote here. Disney did a fantastic promotion job. The bosses loved the movie because I was concerned it was. Uh, because I was concerned it was not for them. I think what it boils down to, what we've got today, are the audiences who are brought up on those on these f***ing cell phones. The millennium wow. who do not ever want to be taught anything unless you told it on the cell phone. This is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. This is a misdirection that has happened where it's given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation, I think. Wow. Um... <laughs> You know what? Rumor has it that later on in the interview, he also said, get off my lawn, but can't <laughs> confirm that. You know, I mean, Ridley Scott's, what, in his 80s, so. Well, I will be at that point someday too old and <laughs> having directed major motion pictures that have won Best Picture and all that. And then yeah. we'll be 80 and we'll be like, this generation 11 
we'll try to make a, a really boring movie that no one wants to see. I heard it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's good too. I'll probably watch it, but it I it I will only I watch it if it's on my cell phone. <laughs> if it's told to me through my cell phone. Yeah, I can't I can't stand anything on the big screen. I would have it's watched it if it was on Quippy. <laughs> through my Facebook account. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, I'm Ridley. Uh, I think you need to get ridly of your pessimism and negativity. Am I right, Holden? Yeah, yeah. Get rid Ridley of that. Um, I don't know if I don't know if House of Gucci is doing like commercially how well it's doing, but maybe he'll say it again later. Hey, Mr. Scott, that was a Ridley stupid thing to say. Bombadil. <laughs> These jokes are really bad. Sorry. Bombadil. Uh, and then kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, his next movie, the uh, Napoleon film Kit Bag, is going to start filming in January. So maybe we'll get that late next year, early 2023. Wait, it's about Napoleon? Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. Yeah, and uh, Jodie Comer, I think, is is his wife or something. Who I cannot remember her name. It's like Josephine or Sophia or something. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Sure, great. He's filming something. (laughs) Napoleon's pretty interesting. But uh, what else else do we got? Okay, uh, well, for all of you Red Notice fans out there, we've got some good news uh, that... The director, Rawson Marshall Thurber, is in talks with for a sequel at Netflix. What a surprise. Uh, Red Notice is actually currently the uh, second most popular overall Netflix original film, only behind Bird Box. Bird Box is more popular? Apparently. I thought Red Notice was the most popular one. No, I think as... I, well, at least as of when the article was written, I think it was Bird Box. Well, it's pretty obvious because the... I mean very uh, well the the movie sets up for a sequel yeah it's like hey and now the sequel is gonna happen so it just seems like the most obvious sequel to sequel to make i mean i think it has potential i just did not like the execution so i'm going bergeron i'm gonna go bombadil because i don't want to watch a sequel but i probably will anyway i don't know what they're gonna call it so yeah red notice 2 i i bet it'll just be called red notice 2 nothing more creative than that would not be surprised. Um, so Hayao Miyazaki, a famed animator of uh, Studio Ghibli films, um, this okay. So I saw this on multiple news websites, and I'm pretty sure this is old news. But maybe I don't know. Maybe something more came out about it. Um, but he's coming out of retirement for one more movie at Studio Ghibli. Uh, he had previously retired after his film *The Wind Rises*, which I think came out in 2013. That was his last animated movie he made. Um, but anyway, uh, this new movie is going to be called *How Do You Live*. It's apparently based on a novel from Genzaburo Yoshino. Uh, the novel itself follows a small 15-year-old boy who is living in Tokyo after the death of his father, um, and Miyazaki described it as a fantasy on a grand scale. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> a sad uh yeah, a sad movie in Japan uh that is fantasy that probably has some allegories to war or something. 
it's it's pretty up as on uh, <laughs> accurate to what he makes. I mean, all his movies are are pretty great. I'm I'll, I'm interested. Is it gonna is it gonna be a Studio Ghibli film? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll give yeah. it a broke. I mean, I'm not the huge, like the biggest fan of of those movies. I've only seen two, but Spirited What's Away. What's the other one you've seen? Spirited Away and Howl's Moving oh. Castle. So. Okay. And I liked Hollow's movie Castle quite a bit, and I did not like Spirited Spirited Away. Oh, at that's all. right. I remember when and you that watched is, that. <laughs> that's considered their best one. So, I'm, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for the people who love everything that he makes and that the studio makes. So Brokaw for me. Yeah, Brokaw for me as well. Uh, this one's this. I put this one in here for you, Jimmy. Uh, Carrie Elways, our favorite. Oh yeah. Um, so he was asked in a recent interview if he'll ever return as Dr. Gordon in the Saw <laughs> franchise. <laughs> and he replied, yeah. <laughs> and he, re- he responded by saying, never say never. Uh, but specifically he said, uh, he, well, he thinks that maybe the extent of that character has been explored, but if the writers find a way, he's more than open to coming back. Oh, the writers, they- <laughs> the writers always find a way. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, which just basically means if the producers are willing to shell out a check for him, he's, he's willing to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring him back. Let's get it done. I, I would love to see Dr. Gordon come back. His appearances were all too brief. They need to open up the Saw multiverse is all I'm saying. They do. They do. I mean, I think... I can't. I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast, but supposedly, like Spiral is not considered Sod Nine. It's like a separate thing. So there's like two, like two concurrent Saw series that could be made. Like, are they making Saw Nine or something? They might be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who I knows? think they. I think they want the option to make that if they if they can. Yeah, it will, it will make money. So. It will. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, great. Brokaw, obviously. Bring him back. Brokaw, yeah. Uh, my last piece of news is that uh, apparently J.K. Simmons is coming back to play Commissioner Gordon in Batgirl. Um, he says he's been talking with the filmmakers, and he really likes where his character's going. Uh, and he's actually in the movie for a decent amount this time, unlike in Justice League, where he's in it for <laughs> less than a minute, maybe. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I I think I mean this is this is cool. I like J.K. Simmons. I mean, I guess that makes sense cuz you know Batgirl is Barbara Gordon. But I guess that just confirms it's not the same universe as the Robert Pattinson Batman. So who's going to be the best? Is it going to be Gary Oldman? Is it going to be Jeffrey Wright or is it going to be J.K. Simmons or the guy from the 1989 ones? Or yeah. the guy from the 1966 ones? I don't even know what the guy from the 60s one looks like. <laughs> but um, we'll see who does it best. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is great. Batgirl, not that pumped about. So I'm going to go Bergeron. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> going off of this, I realized last week we did not mention J.K. Simmons in Ghostbusters Afterlife at all. Oh, yeah. When he just shows up. <laughs> randomly which yeah he's he's in he's in ghostbusters afterlife randomly and it's it's really funny for all of like laughed out loud all of like 12 seconds yeah it's a weird cameo because at first we didn't even know it was him the first time he showed up but then 
It was like when he started talking. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, that's J.K. Simmons and a lot of makeup. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for news for me. Do you have anything, Jimmy? No, Holden. We got all stuff to get to. So let's get to the stuff, yeah. you know? Let's let's do uh, the South Park thing first. All right. Post-COVID South Park special. Time codes are in the description as always. Skip around to what you want to hear. Skip over what you don't want to hear. All right, Holden, let's dive into South Park. Okay, so South Park. This is uh, South Park post-COVID, the new hour-long special from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. Um, This is the first out of their... uh, you know their deal they had made with paramount plus so this is a paramount plus exclusive unfortunately um but i did get the free trial to watch it if you get a free trial right around actually by the time this goes up the free trial offer is probably done but it they're offering a month instead of a week or whatever right now very nice there you go um but yeah they was, they doomed us holden this is a part one of of several yeah, that's what I. This is a setup. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, it's following the events of the previous two specials: the pandemic special and the vaccination special. Um, but it, it, it's interesting. I did. I did not know it was like set in the future. I kind of had it. I just saw on like Reddit. It was like, oh, here's future Cartman. I'm like, what the heck? What episode is this from? And then people are like, wait, is it streaming already? And I'm like, oh, this must be the new special. So then I kind of, re- okay. It's probably oh, yeah. like, so some part of it's going to take in the fu- take place in the future. So I guess I kind of had that spoiled, but I mean, it, it's the whole episode is like that really. So yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, it seems like they're going to go back in time and erase it all though anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's not going to matter. <laughs> so um, yeah, this so this I liked the special. I don't think it was the funniest though. Like I thought there were some no, really I, funny I, bits. I, I liked it. I would say the, the pandemic special was still my favorite. I that might be like I have only watched the mm-hmm. one time, but that just hit me really right. I just hit me perfectly on that first time I watched it. Yeah. I loved it. Well it was like the perfect time for that yeah. to come out too. And I thought they did just an amazing job with it. The vaccination special I thought was a swing and a miss. I just did not think it was that funny or that entertaining. I it just didn't land for me. And then this one's probably somewhere in between, right? I was entertained, but I didn't it was more just like, oh, where's everybody at now? And that yeah. and I, I think the funniest parts were to me were just when everybody was just saying exposition in the dialogue about the future. Yeah, <laughs> this is the future, so you know the doorbells sing now in the future. <laughs> that joke never got old to me. No, that was really funny. <laughs> and I'm saying, yeah, was... doorbell in the future. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, the best part was is it was all just like inconsequential stuff. <laughs> like it wasn't stuff that needed to be explained at all and it had no bearing on the plot, but <laughs> they just explained it anyway. Denny's Applebee's. Plus or whatever it was. Yeah, every store's like like Denny's Applebee's Max. There's uh Tires Plus Plus <laughs> <laughs> TJ Max Max. That was all that was pretty funny. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I thought what was one of the things that was funny was it was like a Blade Runner parody too. <laughs> which, which, which part was? There was a lot of Blade Runner parody in this because, like, okay, so there's the whole bit where I think it's Stan where he's like zooming in and enhancing on that photo. Which is just straight from Blade Runner. That's like the exact same scene from the first Blade Runner movie. Okay, There's well, you the, just rewatched it, so uh, the I haven't seen first, it for a few years. The, like the cars, even though they don't, not all of them fly. They still look like the Blade Runner cars somewhat. There's the there's constantly that like board that billboard of like the geisha eating something which oh yeah is just ripped straight from that's Blade right Runner. <laughs> and the music a lot of the music just sounded like it was i don't know if it was more parodying the original movie or the second movie in terms of the score but it did sound like it could be from blade runner and then the um when they went to tegrity farms all that whole scene just reminded me of like the intro to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like that at least the, in terms of the setting. No. So, and I'm 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 sure I'm forgetting stuff, but there was a lot of Blade Runner homages in this in this episode. Yeah. Well, um, I mean the other the just funny part was Cartman is a rabbi, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and it's family. <laughs> Yeah, what a good payoff. I I mean, that I was almost pleasantly just surprised to not just have the end like say he's he was doing it the whole time to, you know, piss off Kyle, which I mean, it's still possible because this this storyline's going to continue, but it's just funny that that's where he ends up. <laughs> well, as this devout Jewish man. I just like how this is all going to get erased and he's just going to go on to be a terrible person instead yeah yeah and i like how kenny was just like <laughs> philanthropist philanthropist scientist researcher guy who like did all these great things <laughs> just as the beard they're like he was so smart that most of the time we didn't even understand what he was saying <laughs> that was a good line that was pretty good um but yeah it looks like they're gonna time travel uh there's the whole little bit where who is it Clyde who hasn't gotten vaccinated uh yeah I think it's or is it Craig uh, I don't know they're both pretty interchangeable to me <laughs> I think it's I think it's Clyde I don't remember anyway the, whoever it is it um <laughs> they talk about like it's like oh I have a shellfish allergy so you're doing this on a shelf <laughs> shellfish yeah that was that was probably the funniest joke <laughs> the shellfishness <laughs> the just out of left field stupid jokes that they do <laughs> um but yeah again i think there were just like the little things like that i found funny and it was just fun to see you know you know where is everybody at like seeing the goth kids being older in the background or mr yeah, garrison yeah. or you know those that, the, like the seventh graders or whatever yeah yeah you see them but um, scott malkinson <laughs> scott malkinson nobody remembers scott malkinson um and i love i love that jimmy is like a night late <laughs> night talk show host <laughs> that, would, all his jokes are just like complimenting people <laughs> oh that, i forgot about that bit that bit was also just really funny you ever hear about chi- those chinese airlines what a wonderful service <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was great. It's late night with Jimmy. Wow, what a terrific audience. Um, yeah, no, it was just fun to see them all grown up. Uh, I wonder if they're going to do one more part with this. Of course, we have Victor Chouse, which I was like, yeah, that's Professor K. Like, I knew the whole, like, from when they said Chouse, I was like, that's chaos. They're setting up for Butters. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait yeah. to see old Butters who's just in a mental asylum. After all the trauma that he went through as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm interested. Will it be another? Is this part one of two? Is it a trilogy? We'll see what, how many it goes on for. If that's like going to be the whole storyline of, you know, however many of these that they're going to make. And then, well, the near yeah, future. I know. I mean, they had said they were making a new they were wanting to make a new season, like I think next year sometime. So I figured they'd probably try to wrap this up before then. But it's just, you know, I, I always look forward to New South Park, and it's been a, a rarity. I mean, it's been a once every six months sort of thing where we get an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'll any South Park we can get, I'll take at this point. Yeah, uh, same, same. But it was it was fun to be back in this world and, and to get some of that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone humor. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'll probably get like a six and a half, seven out of ten for me yeah seven seven i think i think for me it's it's probably a seven oh that's the other big blade runner uh homage is stan's wife the alexa oh yeah yeah okay (laughs) sorry that just interrupted our ratings i was trying to think of more but yeah um yeah i think seven for me is is pretty solid for this yeah, it was good. It wasn't like the greatest South Park thing ever, but I, I was like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it with my cousins. That was fun. So, yeah. yeah. Holden, what are we, what, what should we talk about next? Should we go into Hawkeye? Hawkeye? Yeah, let's do Hawkeye episodes one and two on Disney Plus. All right. Again, time codes in the description. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Hawkeye is the new Disney Plus series, uh, Marvel series, um, obviously following the, the titular uh, MCU hero Hawkeye. Titular. Um, titular. Um, the first two episodes dropped at the same time last Wednesday, so we watched both in prep for this. If you forgot it was coming out, so did we. So here yeah. we are. Uh, this will be spoilers because, you, you know, whatever. Who cares? It's Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, well... Non-spoiler, here's my non-spoiler thoughts real quick. I think it's pretty silly and dumb, but it maybe will get better, and it's got some good actors in it that I really enjoy. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think this, ep- this series has some good elements. Like, like you said, the actors, I like... I like the Christmas atmosphere. I think that's pretty fun. Um, I think it makes it seem a little different. Um, it's better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far. That's what I think. But uh, I, I guess I don't know. I really, I, I, I guess I've been more entertained by this than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think it will yeah. be more enjoyable for me in the long run just because of who's in it the series mm-hmm. but um 
Yeah. Any other non-spoiler things to say before we? No. We, no okay. That's about it. You're not safe anymore. Holden's gonna <laughs> talk about how Hawkeye dies in the first three minutes of the show. Yeah, it was just kidding. really crazy. Um, Hawkeye, the show we were all clamoring for, demanding. Here it is. Um, yeah. Uh, first off, I just want to say that the Armand the Third rich guy is played by the <laughs> the antagonist of Ace Ventura when nature calls which I was like who this guy seems fo- so familiar and then when he like started talking I'm like I'm pretty sure it's the Ace Ventura guy and I looked it up and sh- lo and behold it was him amazing um, amazing then uh oh now I'm Tony Dalton uh who I th- think is in narcos too but he i know him from better call saul he's one of the main antagonists in better call saul and he's fantastic in that he's so good in better call is he, saul is he the fiance the fiance yeah he is the fiance in this show yeah. and um he in better call saul he plays a very similar character where he's just very charismatic yet scheming and you did not want to cross him uh, and he's got a little. He's always got something kind of hiding. He reminds me of. He reminds me of. Um, oh God, Pedro Pascal a little bit. He he reminds yeah, me. Yeah, he the reminds confidence. me of Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman, like that same personality type. Yeah, well, or just like the Pedro Pascal typecast, where it's like uh, you know Oberyn Martell, where he's like you know the ah, I've got everything I want and I'm so cool and everything sort of deal. Yeah. But more this more like an antagonist version of that. And it, like mm-hmm. you said, Wonder Woman 84. Um, but he's great. I'm so excited to just watch him in the rest of the series because he just, you could tell he gets so into his roles. and Yeah, he seems fun. Not and all that. And, and Holden, you got to just watch Better Call Saul, man. I mean, what are you I'm going to wait until the, new se- the final season's out, man. Come on, I don't want to have to wait that like watch five seasons and then wait for the new one. Uh, but Tony Dalton is I, I haven't seen him in Narcos, which I believe he's in, but he is exceptional in Better Call Saul, which is like the entire rest of the cast. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, um, I Vera think Vera Farminga, Vera Farminga, she's in this. Um, yeah. she's played, she's playing. <laughs> Vera Farminga, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. She's playing the concerned mother. I think the plot of this show makes no sense and is very stupid. <laughs> but it's been fun, I guess. It's just yeah. so not believable to me. It seems very contrived and convenient. Yeah, it's I. There, there's been multiple parts in this show where I'm like, why are they... Well, okay, specifically with like Kate Bishop, I feel like there's a couple times where I'm just like, why is she doing this? Like, I don't fully, and maybe it's just something I missed in the dialogue or something. But there's a couple points where I'm just like, what, what, why is she doing what she's doing? What? I, don't I know. was like, I was I like confused Haley, at why I like Haley Steinfeld, but what? I was just confused at why do why do she and Hawkeye keep seeing each other like? there's no reason for them to interact anymore right yeah, am i, I the know. only one like and i'm like you are literally in a i was thinking hey you're literally in an, an avenger on on this family vacation and you just ditch your children <laughs> without any explanation <laughs> I'm like what are they doing like how have they not just tried 
like they show like one message where it's like dad where are you where are the like 36 missing phone calls yeah right and then you go out with a a young (laughs) 22 year old woman out in public i'm like what that i feel like someone's gonna take a picture of that and then your wife is gonna be like why are you out with this young 22 year old woman ditching our family (laughs) not telling anybody where you are and then why does she even put on like the ronin suit at all like (laughs) i don't know i i don't know i mean that's it's contrived because that's just to get the plot going and then uh like it just and then like oh this hap this is the whole black market thing and the uh uh what are they called the what's the stupid uh mafia name the tracksuit mafia yeah the tracksuit mafia that is that's really stupid i'm sorry (laughs) yeah that's something you didn't need to keep from the comics that's that's just silly (laughs) and then they're just the the most stereotypical like mobster guys just russian (laughs) just russian bad russian accents um i think some of the guys are actually russian but it's just like okay i don't i just think this is i don't understand why these characters keep seeing each other other than just for the sake of the plot and then she's he's like do not call me under any circumstances and then she's like texting him hey have you missed me yet again his wife is going to think that he's cheating on her i do not understand um yeah also when he's tracking down his ronin suit at this larping thing which okay whatever fun larping thing it is silly (laughs) it's this whole show has been silly Mm -hmm. um but how do you know that's not a cosplay like how do you know that that is not a cosplay surely like that's my thing it's like oh the suit gets out just uh, it's cost just like d- how okay. can you verify that it's the real thing if you're the shadow underground criminal that no one ever like captured who did cares I- who cares about the suit there has to be hundreds of perfectly replicated versions of the suit because you know people are cosplaying it did i did i miss like why he was looking up larping it was to track like- down his suit because there was um he <laughs> he went and just snuck into like the firefighter outfit and he's like oh the suit's gone it's not here i can't find it so he sneaks back out which there are several dozen people there yeah and then he just puts the fire the like the outfit back for the fireman and closes the door and then on the door of the fire truck (laughs) on the door of the fire truck there's like a little sticker that says new york city larping And I'm like, first off, who puts the, like those stickers on the fire truck? I uh, I did not catch that. I was because my only thought was like, okay, so he doesn't know where it went, so he's just his first thought is to look up LARPing. <laughs> like he's like he assumes that the person who took it is gonna use it for LARPing, which didn't make any sense. And I guess the actual explanation doesn't make much more sense. And I'm also, there's like a weird discontinuity of he is either highly recognizable as Hawkeye or nobody recognizes him. I'm like, which one is it? Like, Yeah, because, I mean, okay, so I didn't fully get the point of the musical at the beginning. I didn't get if he was upset that he wasn't being, like, he wasn't 
wrecking like no one cared about I him I think or? um I think the point of that scene was man I miss miss Natasha Romanoff I think was like I can't watch this because they're showing okay. Natasha Romanoff in it and I just can't deal with that right now I have to say the music was actually pretty good in that scene I was I just the whole time I was thinking I just someone wrote and did this whole thing and just for these scenes like somebody created this whole musical just for these yeah. scenes which i think is hilarious <laughs> i wonder if we'll actually get like a little disney plus 20 minute thing with that you know i'd watch it the amount of funny. time and choreography and set design that went into making the show within the show uh, yeah for like 2 minutes in hawkeye on disney plus <laughs> in hawkeye um also, Kate Bishop, she destroys the bell tower because they're having like a bet of like, oh, what rings or like what rings the bell? Is it the bell moving or is it the little thing inside the bell moving? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. But like, how does that destroy the entire bell? How does the bell ring without being destroyed? I guess maybe they never ring the bell anymore, but that was just really dumb. And then there's all of a sudden there's just a guy on the roof saying, "Hey, halt!" <laughs> I I was like, "This is silly." I uh, I really want to like Kate Bishop because I like the actress and like I think the the like the concept behind the character works, but the writing for her is just really weird. I don't I don't understand her like admiration for Hawkeye. Not that I don't think Hawkeye is heroic, but like it seems inconsistent. Like sometimes she's like like absolutely adores him and sometimes she's like well, screw you too. I don't I don't know. I don't understand. Well, I was like sometimes she seems like starstruck by him, but then yeah. it's like no, we're buds. And he's like no. There's no indication that we've ever been buds. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they I thought it was just very poorly written that they had to keep seeing each other and they could not think of a like a legitimate sensical way to do it other than like this suit but again who cares about the suit it's more suspicious <laughs> that you go after the suit than to not go after the suit yeah and I guess maybe he's like oh that person's gonna get hurt I guess from all these mm -hmm. people, but after he finds her, you'd just be like, just throw the suit in this dumpster right here. No, we don't need to keep the suit. I don't know. I did appreciate how his wife was just kind of in on it. She's like, oh yeah, you're doing one of these, the old this yeah. and this. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yep. That, oh, that's pretty typical. I like it. And she knows about the suit. So she knows that he just like murdered people while she was snapped. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I I got it. It happens. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I just think this show is very badly written. Like, it just, the, I it just does not make sense. I from a plot point, and it it's entertaining enough, and I'm excited to see Tony Dalton be the villain. Mm -hmm. So swordsman. It seems yeah, it seems fun enough, and it's like. I, I I'm assuming each episode is like a day because they're like, well, now you have five days until you need to be home oh, for Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first episode you had six days to be home home for Christmas. I can't wait them <laughs> to say, 
Well, man, you only have four days left to be home to keep the promise that you made to your daughter. That's going to be the only purpose for his wife's character in this show. Is going to be calling him every episode and being like, "You need to get. You only have three days left." Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I I just I it just seems things just seem very inconsistent within the show. It's it's a lot of it is kind of jarring. I think the fight choreography is also very inconsistent. Like some of it is like good. Yeah. Like, and some of it is not good at all. Like I don't under like I'm guessing it's one of those things it's like when the stunt people actually got to do what the stunt people wanted to do it was good and then when they wanted to include more of the actors and the actresses or they were like we need to hit these certain beats it was not as good. And you could like yeah, see the contrast see and haven't been watching more of that like the corridor crew channel with like that they have the series stuntmen react and just seeing them break it down you're just like this this is not some of this is good and it's just some of it is very poor i did like <laughs> the idea of like the the bottles of wine or champagne or whatever like not breaking <laughs> so they're just yeah thunk. no i thought there was a lot of like weight to those bottles in that scene and i thought for the most part it was done well uh, i thought that was clever but then i was telling holden there is a horrible jump cut during one of the action sequences when one of the bottles like explodes in her hand and shatters you if you look at her face she's just like it is not even close it's like they didn't even try to make it match well and it's not even just her face it's like the camera is in a slightly different position too like it doesn't it doesn't line up um but i was like oh that was like i watched i was like oh that's that's was off and then i rewound it and I didn't even go frame by frame. I just watched in real time again. I was like, wow, that is really, I could not believe that's something they would put on Disney plus. I mean, not that that stuff doesn't happen. I mean, like even like the, uh, famous shot where like the, uh, T-Rex bites the, the Velociraptor at the end of Jurassic park and picks up and throws it around, smashes it into the wall right at the end of the movie. There's like, there's a one frame where the Velociraptor just disappears in his mouth (laughs) and then comes back yeah it's i mean it's so fast that you don't really notice but there is a frame where it just disappears because there was like a computer rendering issue and nobody realized it um but yeah i mean that stuff it's like i can forgive it if the writing is better but it's just not so Mm -hmm. i don't know it and it's it's interesting that this like the characters in this story are all like rich that's a unique perspective, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're all they're all well off. I like the golden retriever. Very yeah, cute. Lucky the pizza dog. Um, so I'm excited to see more of the golden retriever. So, <laughs> uh, end of the second episode introduces Echo. Um, the deaf character who is getting her own Disney Plus spinoff. She's, I can't, I can't remember what her powers are. What did she, I totally blanked on this. What happened? I watched this like, she's just like, she's, she's the woman at the very end of the episode that they go get, that the tracksuit mafia like goes and gets. Okay. Oh yeah. At the very end. So she like a villain? I don't think so. Maybe, well, Okay, so in the comics, she's the adopted daughter of Kingpin. 
so I don't know. She's probably just like into some sketchy stuff, and but she's actually good. I don't know. Can't wait to see the big thumb in this series, Kingpin. God. I I really really want them to bring back Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin because he is that is maybe one of the best MCU performances. That would be really good. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know if they want to acknowledge the Netflix Marvel series. But uh, anything else to add to our discussion of Hawkeye? Uh, no, not really. So I would say my headline would be Hawkeye misses the target. <laughs> misses the mark. Yeah, misses the mark. There we go. That's why we work as a team, Holden. Yeah, yeah. Um, alrighty, yeah, Hawkeye. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll keep talking about it. Yeah. We haven't seen uh, Black Widow's sister yet. Yep. So, um, yeah, she's in this. I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, cannot wait. Thank goodness we get more of this. Book of Boba Fett cannot come out soon enough. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have look forward to our Hawkeye segment what's, next week. What's your review? What's your number rating? <laughs> Five, I think. I think it was entertaining enough, but it's not good. So five, I'll give them six. Both they're like both episodes are like the same. So six. I just like Tony Dalton, man. I just was having fun when he's there. Yeah. Cute puppies. Yeah, cute puppies indeed. But um, yeah, it's living up to my expectations, which is <laughs> meh. So, <laughs> all right, Holden, let's talk about Encanto. Okay, Encanto. The Can't wait new- to talk about this movie that we saw almost a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because of Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving week movie releases are weird. They release on like Tuesday. And obviously, since Thanksgiving is on Thursday, I guess it's just movie theaters' way of getting them out here so in the can see here them. in the United States. Holden, yeah, got to take in into United account States. our international audience. Yes. Um, but so we, we ended up seeing it opening night, Tuesday night. So yeah, it's been almost a week. We were recording on Sunday. So Encanto, new Disney animated musical. They got a lot of these. They'll keep making these. Here's another one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new, Uh, it's a new IP Holden. It is a new, I no I, but I'm, I'm just saying they love making their animated movie musicals. I'm not denying it's a new IP, but, um, so basically the story, if you haven't seen the trailers or anything, story for this is that you have this magical house somewhere. Where is it Where is it set? I don't know. Vaguely okay. South America or Central vaguely America? Vaguely South America. Va- va- I would say vaguely, well, is it vaguely somewhere south? <laughs> Here, I'm looking it up. Um, they Was it Colombia almost? Oh, wait, maybe it doesn't say... It was vaguely like somewhere in Central or South America. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they say, I don't know. Anyway, so it's about this family somewhere there. Uh, They live in this big magical house. And this house grants each of the family members like some sort of special power once they come of a certain age. Um, And so you have someone who's like super strong. You have someone who can kind of control some of the weather and... There's just all these different powers. 
But then at the center of it, you have the main character whose name I can't... Maricel? Maribel, I think. Maribel? Yeah. Okay. Um, she, but she doesn't have any powers. She's like, she had her ceremony when she was younger and she was supposed to get powers, but she didn't get any. Um, and now there's some, uh, this new ceremonies happening and some bad things may or may not be happening at this house. And she's the only one determined enough to figure out what it is. Yep. She's, well, she's like, I gotta save my family and save mm-hmm. the village. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought this movie was good, but I did not love it. I thought it was... I liked the music. I liked the concept. I just thought the plot really didn't go anywhere. I mean, I just think nothing really happened. It was all like, this could happen. Oh, we don't want this to happen. And nothing ended up really happening to drive things forward. Now, there were nice character moments, and I like each scene individually and i like the the characters themselves and the music and the animation was great i i like all the components but when you put them together in this hour you know 45 minute movie it just didn't it wasn't a compelling narrative for me like i just didn't like the plot wasn't up to the same level as the character and the animation and the music you know what i'm saying the, yeah. the actual plot itself was not it did not compel me at all I was not intrigued because it was all based on this hypothetical thing that seems like it's going to happen but it's just like this long tease of like is this thing actually going to happen am I crazy am I not crazy sort of deal and that's kind of um, I don't know I just thought it didn't I felt like the film was sputtering along rather than yeah, like it was- I, nothing it, was nothing was pushing things forward other than I've got to know if I'm crazy or not, I guess, which makes sense. Like, at least the character things aren't just happening. Characters are making decisions to push, push things forward. But it just wasn't that interesting to me in the plot. I, like I said, that's my one critique is the plot just is very meh to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I... <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I like the characters and everything, but I just could not really get invested in the narrative. It just, I don't know. There, there was weirdly, even though like Mirabelle was like very, she, I mean, she was trying to figure everything out. It just felt like there wasn't very much urgency to it. It, it just kind of, I don't know. Things were only just kind of happening as the movie went along and, it's just kind of I don't know I was aside from like the music and animation I got kind of bored at a certain point in the movie just because there wasn't a lot happening and then the climax of the movie happens in resolution and I think all that's fine but I don't know there's just there's just a chunk in the movie where I was I was getting a little sleepy in that theater <laughs> um for me I was thinking that the inciting incident of the movie was gonna be something else other than the thing it actually was so i kept Mm -hmm. waiting for that to happen and then like halfway through the movie i'm like oh wait that's just that's not the inciting incident this is this is a different movie than i thought it was going to be and then i kind of readjusted and i still was like yeah i don't know i think it just it just i didn't say bored i would just say restless for me i'm like okay are we gonna go anywhere with any of this like these character moments are nice i'm glad that we're 
discovering things about ourselves and i think there is like good nuanced themes to go with how they did that but like i said that's great but if there's not something driving the story forward in a way that's interesting me as an audience member i don't like I, it, it doesn't carry the same weight like i thought mm-hmm. there was going to be like some sort of it like at least maybe the trailers made me think like i thought there was gonna be some sort of adventure aspect of this and there really wasn't it was a very contained film um which is not a bad thing necessarily but it just didn't there wasn't there wasn't any sort of like adventure sort of vibe to, i mean there was a little bit but not as to the, the scale that i thought there was going to be and i think the film would have benefited from that but maybe that's just a personal preference thing yeah, I I mean I I was rooting for the movie being contained because I kind of thought that from the trailer that maybe that's what it was gonna be and I was like okay so most Disney animated movies they go on some sort of adventure or whatever but if they just kind of stay in this town or this house that's kind of cool that'd be interesting even if it's like a magic house that can have like cool rooms or whatever but yeah it just. I, I kind of agree that I think if there was more of an adventure, maybe the urgency would come back. But I also don't want to say that because I like that this movie tries to be different. I, I think just something else needed to be adjusted in terms of the plot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but again, I would say the music was was good. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there yeah. were a couple of times where like, I this is incomprehensible. <laughs> like, what is yeah, happening? Yeah, especially that that first song, which I think the first song overall is pretty good. But it, there's there's just a point towards the end of the song where it's it's so hard to understand what she's saying, and it's not even like it's. I don't even think it's the song's fault. I think it's part of its sound mixing, but also it's just there's so like <laughs> so much sound happening on the screen at that point at once. Um, Hard to understand. And in terms of the animation, I think uh, it really, you cannot tell the difference between Disney animation and Pixar anymore. Yeah. Kind of pointless for them to have separate releases, honestly. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, let's see what else. So I talked to animation, talked about the plot. Characters, I like the characters of this movie. I like the main character. I like Mm -hmm. the other people involved i almost it seemed like the main character was on her own for like i just thought she was gonna get like a little squad together and do this all together but she kind of experiences a bit of this movie either alone or just with different characters at different times i don't know i think i don't like i said i just was i think this movie would have been more fun as like a little squad adventure deal but Mm -hmm. that's i think that's just my personal preference yeah, I mean, the movie sets that up, that possibility up so well with everyone just having these different powers and, like, they could all use their powers in different ways, come together and help Mirabelle and her power is guiding them and, you know, helping them through and keeping them all together or whatever. But I think if they had done something with that, that kind of could have been cool. I mean, I still like the examples of their powers that they show and everything, but could have used more, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think I've said everything I wanted to say non-spoiler-wise, Holden. Where are you at? Yeah, I think so, too. This is probably, I think this is the most, in terms of, I don't, I don't know, this might ruffle some feathers. I think in terms of songwriting, this might be the some of the best Lin-Manuel stuff. 
Because even though, I mean, I like Hamilton music and well enough, but this one isn't just people saying what they're doing. <laughs> like, all the time. I mean, it is sometimes, but there's there's more going on in the songwriting. No Lin-Manuel cameo that I noticed. Yeah, Incredible. Could not believe it. Um, I would Alan Tudyk cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay, so we 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 saw Alan Tudyk in the credits, and afterwards we were looking at who he was. He voices the toucan, and I was like, "Who? What other animal noises does he do?" But he does the weird roly poly thing in Raya and the Last Dragon. The roly poly thing, the thing she rides, like her it's tuk tuk or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The roly poly so thing. S- the what? It rolls up like a roly poly. I don't know what you want to say. Whatever, Holden. Um, Roly Polioli. You ever watch that show? Did not. No, I know what you're talking about, though. I that animation has to be just awful. <laughs> Thinking back, um, yeah, Alan Tudyk's in it. Um, uh, did you have anything else to say? No, I don't think so. Rating time. I'm gonna go uh seven. Um, yeah, I think yeah, seven's good. Do seven. I like. Um, Moana more. I like Frozen yeah. one more. Yeah. Um, I probably like Raya and the Last Dragon more. Too. Oh, I definitely like Raya and the Last Dragon more. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> um, so underrated Disney movie that one. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Watch that one and listen to our uh, review of that from whenever that was a year ago. I think that was like March. March year ago, whatever that was. That was this year. Yeah, pretty sure. Huh. Um, that's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. So, um, yeah, let's uh ready to dive into spoilers, Holden. Yeah, let's do it. Spoilers for Encanto. Okay, so I want to say that I'm not going to go straight to this big spoiler or anything right away. I just want to say I I cannot stand the grandmother in this movie because I think, I, I think she's just like so insufferably mean to the main character. She is. It's like like she's just it, harsh. And it's I mean, I guess it's a change of pace from like the grandparents usually being the kind, wise ones, because I mean, she does learn something like even the grandma learned some things in this movie. But she's just like so even from the start, just so mean to her. And like she just does not like for this woman who like is so in like involved in her family. And that's like her most important thing. She just does not give a crap well mirabelle you know that's almost a great point because does maribel actually learn anything i don't think her does her character actually change i think it's more everybody else changes yeah i think everyone else which is interesting because movies are not usually like that because she's her character stays the same she's at the beginning of the movie she's like i have the best family in the world i'm so grateful for them isn't this great i don't need a special power i don't feel that insecure about it I, I think there's, I mean, I guess the closest is maybe she's still a little insecure about her lack of a power, but even still, that's not like the central conflict. I was kind of expecting that to be the main issue, is that she was kind of resenting that somewhat, but... And she does, she the way they do it is really effective, that scene where Antonio, the cousin or whatever, goes to get his power, 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done, and you yeah, could that feel that, and that was the way they translated her feelings into you as an audience member was super effective. I think that mm-hmm. was probably the peak of the movie for me in terms of the actual storytelling. Yeah, um, that was great. But, uh, yeah, she doesn't grow. Like, you can get a glimpse of that insecurity, but she kind of is like, you know what? That's how I feel. That's how she felt about it, and she couldn't change the way she felt about it, but she could change her perspective of it, and mm-hmm. she already had that perspective at the beginning. Um, what I did like is I did like how the other characters changed. I liked how, um, uh, oh gosh, what's her sister's name? Isabel. Isabel was so perfect, but then it was just this facade, you know, and how mm-hmm. the, she didn't actually get to be herself, whereas Maribel really got to be more herself. And, you know, she was always jealous of Isabel, but Isabel is like finally got to cut loose mm-hmm. and not worry. And she's like, I don't even want to like marry this guy. And, and all that um so i enjoyed that aspect uh of the film how they changed and luisa i would have liked to seen more of luisa and her insecurities i liked i liked seeing how they were all insecure as well yeah and, yeah um that was good her song I, was maybe the best one luisa's song was my favorite um, yeah although most, em- at least visually entertaining Although Emily, who we should say we saw this movie with Emily, my fiance, she her favorite song is Bruno, no, no. I know that because she <laughs> sang it all weekend um, and got stuck in my head. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I I think there's good music in there. Um, I think her song is actually the one at the end with the mariposas, the butterflies and all that. Um, oh, with the grandma, the big song at the end, you know. Um, where Holden was like, I liked yeah, that, but I don't speak any Spanish, so I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> I caught I little bits that. and pieces. Yeah, it was it was good. That song was good. Um, but and then I was like, Emily, what 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 stuff did I miss? And she's like, I don't even remember. I was just crying. I'm like, okay, I did not come close to crying that time, but I did cry during the little raccoon short film, Holden, which I apparently <laughs> was the only one emotionally moved by. I thought it was, I don't know, I, I wasn't super into it, I guess. It was okay. I thought it was fantastic. It kind of just seemed like an, another Disney animated short film <laughs> to me. I loved it. It oh, I like how the parent didn't die. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was nice. It was learning. Generational learning. Parenting. Yeah. It was group. I loved it, Holden. It was beautiful. <laughs> Um, let's see other things. Uh, so Bruno's living in the wall the whole time, but how did the one sister who can hear everything not hear him or, yeah. well, no, she either heard him and she kept a secret, but they established later in the movie that she can hear everything, but she can't keep any secrets. So that does not make any sense. Yeah. So it, it's a weird plot hole that they kind of wrote themselves in. Um, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I can forgive that if the rest of the movie is really good, which it, it's pretty good, I think. Um, other characters, we talked about Isabel, we talked about Luisa um, and the donkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I just thought it was kind of, I would have liked to have seen they lose their powers early on in the movie, and then they have their insecurities shown that way, rather than, oh, yeah. I might lose my powers, and that's making me insecure, because I don't, I don't know. I 
I just thought we were stuck in this like in between for so much of the movie and they literally don't even like lose their powers until the very 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 end yeah and I mean really Luis is the only one that shows any signs of like starting to lose her powers because everyone else is still just fine which I was confused by too and I'm like they they seem to make such a big deal out of it but they didn't really do anything with it it was just the idea of maybe we lose our powers yeah yeah Yeah, I don't know. Stupid. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought Antonio was cute, and I liked all the characters except the grandma. Yeah, liked- the grandma was harsh. Yeah, I. She was. She was. I mean, I. I liked her bit. I liked her the song at the end, and I liked her flashback and everything. I thought that was good. But yeah, just for most of the movie, I was like, this just seems unrealistic to a point what was her power did she have a power she didn't have a power i don't think okay well then also yeah why doesn't she like empathize with mirabelle or anything why isn't there any it seems like they're very distant i would think as the only two non-member the two non-powered members of the family they would have some connection but i don't know well i did like the connection and the chemistry that maribel had with um bruno yeah, that was good. I thought that was nice. Um, he also did not seem like he was, like, 20, 30 years older than her. No. Which, like, I did not get the sense that he was her older uncle. He, um... It looked like uh, Tom Holland's Onward character if he wasn't, like, an orc or whatever. It looked like this, a similar character model. <laughs> like they just made him human. <laughs> That's I did not catch that, but you are right. Um, let's see. I don't know if I have anything else to say about this movie. I I'm surprised we actually talked about it this long. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, on Kanto, I it's not a must see for me. I'm glad we're, I'm saying this now and non and spoilers. So I'm pulling a Holden. <laughs> but you know, I I'd be lying if I didn't say I like the raccoon little thing in the beginning more than the actual movie. So. I probably liked the movie more than that, but wrong. (laughs) All right, Holden, are we ready to go on? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, so this week, in terms of movies, I don't think I actually watched... I think this is another week where I didn't watch very many movies. I'm trying to pull up my list right now. Um, oh, okay, so I guess the the big movie I watched was I uh, on Thanksgiving. Great Thanksgiving film. I finally watched Train to Busan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to um, have a date night, Olden. <laughs> I'd rewatch it with you. It was good. I mean, I can see why people like it so much. Very, very solid Korean zombie film. Um, great characters. The guy who played Gilgamesh in the Eternals was in it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. That's. I'm guessing that's probably how Disney found out about him or whatever. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good, solid movie. Good stuff. I don't know. Not much more to say other than that. Thanks. Um, 
And then, oh, I did uh, go see the new Resident Evil film. How was well. it? <laughs> I mean, it was not not very good. I don't think it was. I mean, it wasn't awful. Um, there was there were some member berries. I, I chuckled at. <laughs> it it is very. It, it is almost too faithful to the games <laughs> in some ways like it, i think they're they're overcompensating for the older resident evil movies because it is like i mean you have the characters like in their exact same outfits from the games which is kind of distracting you have them like fighting monsters from the games and it's like it, it's basically the plots of the first two resident evil games happening concurrently um and there's just a lot of like funny weird references that half the audience would never pick up on except for me as who's played most of the games um i don't know i mean it, it's i i think it's a little better than i was expecting because i went in with pretty low expectations but it's still not good <laughs> yikes <laughs> um but and then I uh, finished the Netflix Cowboy Bebop, which I don't think my opinion on that really changed. I think it's better than most people give it credit for, but there's also a lot of really stupid stuff in it. And the ending is like it changes a major. It it's like a twist ending that severely changes something from the original show, which kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't even mind the twist if they had properly set it up, but. I mean, you have the fanboys that are upset that it even happened, and then people like me that are like, uh, you didn't even set this up at all. This doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. I'll probably watch season two if it happens, but we'll see. There's a quite ire hatred of it right now. Um, and besides that... Oh, I started watching the Beatles documentary, Get Back, mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Which is really good. Um, I hadn't even thought it until I started watching it. I'm like, oh yeah. So Peter Jackson did his whole like film restoration thing on this. The footage just looks incredible. It's and I mean, it's as I messaged you, it is like close to eight hours long total. It's a three part thing on Disney Plus. Each one is like two and a half hours or whatever. Um, but it is just incredibly entertaining you have it's it is just this basically it just you sit with the four Beatles. they're writing this music having discussions about the future of their group and watching these four incredibly talented people write music and their creative process is just so cool I, i i there's really no one like them it's it's just so interesting and tragic at the same time because you can i mean it's they're not as angry at each other as like i guess history would have you believe at this point in their careers but you can definitely see them like kind of separating slowly and that's a little bit sad but supposedly it ends with the entire famous rooftop concert there's unedited footage of that so i'm i'm excited for it to get to that point i've only watched the first part eagerly going to watch the next two though yeah i watched the little 60 minute segment that they did on it and how they put it all together and they're like (laughs) they had to synchronize all the audio between all these random things they like they didn't use clapboards i'm like god that sounds awful to try to figure all that out well there's you can definitely notice in some of the footage that they're adring other audio 
over it like from other footage like there's certain parts where you can see oh those these words don't really match what those are like maybe someone's mouth is moving but you're not hearing anything or something that it's not all the time so it's not like it's a constant problem but i i mean i don't know how else you would have done it it tells a pretty concise and nice story timeline thing i feel like it needed to be done it needed to be done. <laughs> it needed to be done. Um, yeah. Uh, sounds sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll check it out because that's a long commitment. But I did it enjoy is. that sixty minutes thing. And Disney let them keep the swearing in it. Apparently, that was a whole wow. thing Peter Jackson had to fight for. So good for him. Um. Yeah, and then in terms of games, it's it's mostly just been the the same old that I had last week. I've been continuing on hard mode on Final Fantasy, very difficult, and I've been playing some more of Pokemon. Although I didn't really play any games while I was I've been at home for the last few days. I didn't really have any of my consoles there or anything, so I think I just played some Jackbox with my friends back home and that's about it. Yeah, I've been um I just need to play God of War before I play pay another month of PlayStation now for that. <laughs> Whatever. Um but yeah, you? I didn't watch anything other than what we watched this week for the pod or as you said the cast um <laughs> which no one says. That's just you. And I'd like to keep it that way. The cast. Um So, yeah, I mean uh I would say that uh, the one thing I did kind of consume, though, was the Radio Rental podcast, which I think I've described before. Yeah, with, you have. Uh, Rain Wilson playing this Terry Carnation VHS owner guy, and they have people share their kind of tell their own kind of spooky stories, but it's kind of like if you're into Twilight Zone sort of deal, you'd be into this. So Radio Rental, okay. check it out. There's about two or three stories on each one. Some of them are really, really great. Others are like, eh, eh, that was enjoyable to listen to. Uh, I like to listen to them on walks just when I'm, when I'm going out. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's coming, becoming one of my favorite podcasts. And they actually just released a, like another season of it. Um, so check it nice. out. Highly recommend it. It'd be great to listen to around a campfire. Around <laughs> just sitting around by the, you know, you're sitting by the, the fireplace, being all cozy during the Christmas. This is this is Ridley Scott's biggest fear is instead of telling stories around the campfire, we are listening to stories on our cell phones. Yes. The cell phone. I like it because the cell phone is telling me what is happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's all I got. Holden, you can take us home. Okay. So next week, little up in the air as to what we we can review um i was going to suggest licorice pizza if it's in town but i don't know if it's going to be so if not then we could probably do a request we've got we've got a couple of those we there's so there's a there's so many things that we could see though i think um what that things that have come out that we have not seen yet like, like House of Gucci came out. Um, yeah. Last Duel. Like, some of these things I would want to see. Um, we don't have anything next week. No, there's nothing. Uh, there's the Diary of a Wimpy Kid animated Disney Plus movie. That's it. 
Um, otherwise, <clears throat> maybe it's next week where like Power of the Dog was going to be out, but it's coming out on Netflix, I guess, a few days later. Um, we'll figure something out, Holden. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something. I mean, I guess we'll have Hawkeye episode three for sure, but beyond that, we don't know. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. So, yeah. Uh, y- yeah. But if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah. All right. That's it. Adios, pantalones. Love you.